What's up, guys? Thanks for joining us. This is Danny Langloss. Hey, if you're not following us on LinkedIn, please connect, follow us. We're posting daily leadership, mindset, motivation content. Also linked in this podcast description is an article we wrote titled Employee Engagement 10X, The Seven Pillars of Ownership. Ownership changes the game. Ownership is our team members' extreme psychological and emotional commitment to the team, to the organization, to our goals, to our purpose. It's when people do things because it's important to them, not because they're told to do it. Changes everything. All right, here we go. Let's get after it. There are so many things that impact our ability to achieve success, but none are more important than leadership. Individuals, organizations, and communities rise and fall with leadership. We are here to help you rise. Thank you for joining us. This is the Leadership Excellence Podcast. Hello, leaders, and welcome to Leadership Excellence. My name is Danny Langloss. Today, we're joined by Alex Weber, international keynote speaker, award-winning entertainer, and American Ninja Warrior. Yeah, you heard me right. American Ninja Warrior. Everybody's familiar with that show. So incredible. We're going to talk about how to become fail-proof and how to become the unstoppable you. Think about it. What would you do if you couldn't fail? Who might you become? What might you lead? How might you help your team members become unstoppable? So in addition to Alex being an in-demand keynote speaker, award-winning host, a five-time TEDx speaker, and competing alongside elite athletes on American Ninja Warrior, he's been awarded the U.S. Lacrosse Coach of the Year honors, holds a world record, has competed in the world championships of lacrosse, finishing as the top scorer in the world, but he also knows what it feels like to hit setbacks, feel self-doubt, feel pressure, uncertainty, and to fail. But what he does know, and he's an expert at, is how to overcome it. It's a sincere understanding of peak performance and peak challenges mixed with unforgettable stories and, and actionable strategies that make Alex connect so well with his audiences. You're going to love this today. He, he knows what it takes to sum up the best of ourselves in the moments where we need it the most. And there's so many of those moments in our leadership journey where we've got to do that for our teams. Uh, and it really is so important to lead our people forward. His new upcoming book, Failproof, Become the Unstoppable You, is due to be released October 26, 2021. In the podcast description, there's going to be a link uh, to be able to click on that link, go directly and order the book. I'm confident you're going to want to do that. Alex, thank you so much for joining us on the Leadership Excellence Podcast. Danny, thank you so much for having me, man, and for uh, such a generous introduction. Uh, I think that's the best intro I've ever gotten. Well, you 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 deserve it. This is exciting. We're talking a little bit off air, and you know why? Why don't you just start by talking a little bit about your journey, and then you know I am interested. I talked to you about it off air in this, you know, the American Ninja War because you you were a host of that. You were involved yeah. in entertainment, stand up comedy before you really dialed in your passion and purpose. Go ahead with that. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. And, you know, we had discussed this and, and I use this phrase chapters uh, because for me, it's, it's felt like that. And, you know, we can kind of go in the guiding North Star of what's led to different chapters and, and we will. It's part of the, the steps of the book. Um, but it's really just been listening to that fire inside of like, I really think I want to do this and I, I think I could be good at this. And why I'm so passionate about that is I have felt and I've seen it with other people that something will happen where that fire hits something, resistance, maybe we try and it doesn't go great, or someone says something to us, nah, it's unrealistic, that's stupid, you're not smart or creative or funny or a leader, and we kind of take it as truth, even though it's a lie. So for me, my different chapters ended up leading to one another. 
you know, the most formidable in my adult journey, I call it my grad school. My first dream was to play college lacrosse. And uh, I was fortunate to do that, not without ups and downs, but I played division one lacrosse in the Ivy League. And then I left to go to LA to do entertainment. I'm not sure if that's a cliche or not, you know, hard to say. <laughs> hard to say. Uh, but while I was there, I started coaching high school lacrosse and uh, I fell in love with it so much. And uh, when I took over the program, I was called an interim head coach. So we're talking about leadership. And I, I, you know, sometimes I don't share a ton about this story, but I think it really applies to Danny, what you're passionate about in your audience, which is leadership and and how we step up maybe before we're ready. Um, So I was 25 years old. I was an assistant coach. You know, I was in LA. I was chasing the dream and, and just being kind of a mess. I was all over the place and I was an assistant coach. And then, but I loved it. But then the head coach left right before the season started, weeks before the season. And this was at one of the most prestigious, intense private high schools in all of Los Angeles, probably the country as well. And I remember they named me as interim head coach, which is a funny way of calling someone temporary. (laughs) Like, you're not the guy, but just do this job for a little while until we find the guy. And that's not an awesome feeling to have your bosses or people who are, are kind of your authorities telling you that we don't have a lot of faith in you in this position. But I didn't really care about that because I loved the craft of it so much. And I loved coaching these young men. And what I discovered, and, and Danny, we talked a little bit online, offline about this, is you can heal yourself by healing others. So you can become a leader, even if you're not ready by just doing it for other people. And what I learned is that we are our best when other people need us. So I'll tell you flat out, I was struggling with confidence. I had a problem speaking up, which is not a great skill if you're coaching a high intensity lacrosse team. You gotta be pretty dang assertive and yell and talk to people and bark out plays and go toe to toe with the ref or other coaches or your coaches. Wasn't ready to do it. But because I was in this position, I became ready. And when I took over the program, the school had never won a playoff game in school history. And that first year of my me being the head coach, we won the Los Angeles championship. Uh, I won U.S. Lacrosse Coach of the Year. The kids won awards. Um, and it was it was life changing, truly. Wow. What an awesome story. What an awesome <laughs> story. A couple of things really popped out to me that that are big things that I talk about and teach on and success factors, because like you, I got tapped on the shoulder early for leadership. You know, five years into my career as as sergeant, at 33 years old as the police chief of our department, and and one of the things that I talk about is preparation plus opportunity equals success. Sometimes we know when opportunity is coming, but in my career and in your career, what you just talked about, you don't know when that opportunity is coming. And when I say mm-hmm. preparation, you don't have to be completely ready, but you have to yeah. be doing the things that keeps you as prepared as you can be in that moment. Because when that opportunity comes and you can capture it, that's a success. And if you don't capture it, like with you, I mean, where Mm -hmm. would your journey have taken you if you didn't capture that opportunity? All of a sudden now your team is in the playoffs, your coach Mm -hmm. of the year. And and I got to believe that there was a job officer offer or other officer offers that were ready to come following that. And then the other thing is, is that when adversity hits, and in this case, your coach leaves, there isn't a lot of notice. There's this thing like when all else fails, lead. Mm. When all else fails, lead. 
just step up, step into it. And, and you'll be surprised, like you said, when you're so focused on helping others, how much that prepares you and allows you to be ready in that moment. So good stuff. I love that. I love that. You know, and we were talking a little bit about confidence and that because you hit preparation and I, I view preparation and confidence as they're cousins, if not siblings. And uh, so I, I love that because as someone who struggled with confidence and struggled with it in pretty high octane moments, whether that's been on big stages in front of a lot of people or TV cameras or American Ninja Warrior, I know that being able to lean on your preparation as a source of grounded confidence is, is massive. So I love that, Dan. Massive, massive. So, so let's step into fail proof. Let's talk, talk about becoming the unstoppable you. You broke this down into a six step, step system. So could you just list the six steps so we can go through yeah. them one by one individually? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the first one is, and I'll, I'll be brief in saying them, but the first step of this is claiming goals that actually matter. And, and we'll unpack that but before we can claim a goal that actually matters, we do need some perspective and step away from our current life. I call it the river current because it's busy and hectic and we have obligations and pressures. So before we can set goals, we got to get out of the river current, get some perspective on what actually matters to you, and then claim them as saying, okay, I deserve this. I can make this happen. Step two is making it real. So getting it out of idea land into the tangible physical world of reality. And that's big. That's big because we all got ideas, but once it's starting to be up here in your life, then it's something. The ball is starting to roll. Step three is diving in the deep end, which in my life has been the game changer, whether that was the American Ninja Warrior or stand-up comedy or speaking or anything I've really wanted to do, um, even personal life with my relationships. So diving in the deep end, and, and we'll talk about that uh, and then steps four, five, and six are pretty cool because they're a chain reaction. So anytime we hit a fail, which I describe in the book as a, as a gap between expectation and reality, meaning you expected you'd close that deal. You did it. Okay, it's a fail. But also you expected you'd have a lovely night with someone you love. You got in an argument. Okay, well, that's a fail. You expected to be at work at time. You stub your toe and spill your coffee. Okay, that's a fail. So these micro and macro fails happen all the time. So step four is first handling our emotional reactions because emotions, I've been in a lot of high achieving environments. It's, it's wild how much they're brushed aside, overlooked, and it's everything. It's everything because for better or worse, we're not robots. So rather than ignoring these emotions, let's use how to use them. Step five is I call it the golden nugget. Meaning if you did something, whatever that might be, whether that was missing a deal or getting in an argument or you, you know, you're looking and you're like, I'm, I'm out of shape right now. That's all right. That's life. Things happen. There's ebbs and flows. Okay. What can we learn from it? What can we learn from it so that if we go forward, it will be better because I've noticed this. So many people will just get right back at it, but they'll get right back at it with the same attempt. It's, it's not better. They're not implementing it. So step five is, challenging ourselves to find an actionable takeaway. Step six, which is the game changer as well, is recommitting fully. And that's difficult because if we just failed at something, if we just got knocked on our butts, why would we believe 
that it's going to be any different. So why would we keep going with all of our hearts and effort and time and energy and focus? Why would we not just start to disengage? Yeah. So that's a fail-proof system. And uh, what's, what's really cool is that once we get to step four, four, five, and six, you can put on a hyperdrive. And that's what I noticed was the biggest thing with American Ninja Warrior is that I was failing so often as when I was beginning. And, and even now, because of how difficult and creative and ambitious a sport is, I'm going to training tonight. I'm going to fail on things. But if we know this chain reaction, then we can just be like, all right, I'm at step four, five, six, back at it. Because most people will get caught up and they'll start to back away or underperform or they'll delay. So that's the, uh, the game changer. So, so Alex, that, that incredible, incredible stuff. I'm looking forward to diving deeper in each of these, but <laughs> like we, we talk a lot about our relationship with failure yeah. really becomes the foundation for our success. When we start to view failure as nothing yes. more than a step on our pathway to success. And you talk about steps four five and six, that really makes me think about it. like, what is the golden nugget? How do we manage those emotions? Yeah. How do we recommit? in a, in a framework that gives us positive energy instead of takes us to a a victim energy, a negative energy. And so what I, what I hear you saying is when you fully commit to this process, right. And we're more focused on process and outcome and we trust the process that that process is what creates the unstoppable you. Am I on the right track there? Oh, Danny. Yeah, man, you are, you are in the track. Uh, so, you know, I, what I have found, and, and we're all different, but where dreams die in my eyes, goals, achievements are two things. One ambiguity We're we're just vague. We're vague about what the goal is. We're vague about how to do it. And we're also vague about how badly we want this. So sometimes we lock away a goal. We put a nice little clean box around it and we say someday or in a different life, or that's just not who I am, which are, which are lies. We'll talk about that, but those are dangerous lies. So that's step one is not being able to get clear on it. And step two is letting our emotions just get the best of us. And I think judgments, listen, we live in the most evaluated time to ever be a human. Everything is the best or the worst, the smartest or the dumbest, possible, impossible, realistic, unrealistic. And so sometimes we just need to Sometimes it just is what it is. You went to do that workout and you just did the workout. It wasn't your best workout ever. It wasn't your worst workout ever, but you showed up, you got a little better, you learned something and you keep on the track. Absolutely. So let's talk about this idea of claiming goals that that matter. This is all about clarity, right? Beginning with the end in mind. We talked about getting out of the river. I think about getting to 30,000 feet out of the day-to-day fires. So that's really hard for people. So how do you... As you, as somebody sitting like, I don't know what my goals are. Like, how do I, how do I claim my goals? What, what are some steps people can use to, to really get certain on this and maybe confident with it or, or take a step in the direction? Yeah, Danny, I love that. It's, it's, it's tough. You know, we're, we're all very busy and it's a noisy time to, to be a human. So one thing is I, I write this in the book too, is, is what might you want? So start there. And why I like that phrasing is because it's very open. You might want to go on a safari with your family. Maybe you don't. You might want record-breaking revenue this quarter. Maybe you don't. 
Maybe you want to pick up cycling. Maybe you don't. Whatever it is, maybe you want to repair a relationship with a sibling or a family member. Maybe you don't. But why I like might is you can just kind of let ideas populate. And then when we've given ourselves this freedom to actually open ourselves up to what might we want that maybe we've shut out, then they can all come in and then we can kind of go shopping. Then we can be like, you know, I really, really want this goal. This goal activates me. This goal I thought I did, but I don't, now that I think about it, I don't really want it. But we're going to hit on ones that I call it your visceral. It's, it's, it's in us. We really want it. It just strikes a chord in us. And those are the ones that it's to, to explore and listen to. When I hear you say visceral, I think passion, purpose. Mm. You know, like if, if you didn't okay. have to work, if you had all the money in the world, what what would, would light you on fire enough to get out of bed the next morning, right? Yeah. And really tapping into those things and then really assessing where you're at. That's where you talked about the expectation of where you want to be versus reality, where are you really at? And I think people can start dialing into those things. And I also, what might I want? Because mm-hmm. I say, I want this. I made a commitment that if we haven't learned about this relationship with failure, we haven't reframed that yet, yeah. that might be a dangerous place for our, us yeah. to go. But if we say, I might want this, mm-hmm. well, I might or I might not, right? And really the way we talk to ourselves matters. It creates our confidence. It creates our mindset, every, everything. So make it real. How, yes. So how do we go from this, right? Claim our goals, be really clear to making it real. Well, so once we've explored these goals and we're like, okay, what might we want for ourselves? And we hit on that one that, that really hits home. And, and I will say also, what I think is exciting is I, I like to divide life into three different arenas. So you got your career and your work, and then you got your relationships, which is friends, family, romantic. And then you got your personal life, which is you, one of one, you alone, looking yourself in the mirror, habits that you have, thoughts that you have, this life. And what I think is cool is that we don't always have to. I think sometimes because of life logistics, we'll write off goals because, oh, we're not 21 and don't have a mortgage. And so we can't do that. And that's not true. Sometimes we can amplify the overall quality of our lives by just looking, okay, you know what? I feel good about my career. I actually feel good about my personal life, but maybe if I could increase my relationships. Okay, this is a goal that I really want to have. I, I want to reignite the romance in my relationship. Hell yeah, let's go. So that by doing that, everything else is going to amplify. Your personal life is going to amplify. Your career is going to amplify because come on, who wouldn't want that, right? So you're going to be a better version. Um, so once we've claimed the goal, step two is making it real. So what is a step in your life right now today that can just get it out of idea land and bring it in, into reality? It doesn't mean that you need to say it was that you want to reconnect and have a romantic relationship with your significant other. You don't need to buy first class tickets to Paris tonight. If you do, great. But maybe it's just doing something thoughtful or listening or being considerate or whatever it might be. But now it's real. You've established to yourself and possibly the other person that you're committed to this being more of a reality. If it's in the leadership realm, okay, could you start to do something that maybe you weren't sure you could do, whether that is being maybe more assertive or clear or uh, better engaging with the people that you're working with. So making it real is, I view it as almost just like, all right, let's get it. Let's not overthink this thing. Let's just put it into the reality today. And I really mean that for someone listening right now. 
If you are fortunate enough, and I mean that too, fortunate enough, come on, let's look at a lot of people throughout history. Let's look at a lot of people right now in the state of the world who would never be fortunate enough to ask themselves, what might I want? So if you and I are fortunate enough to ask ourselves, what might we want? And then fortunate enough to say, hey, let's get it. Let's make it real. What are we doing here? Let's just make it real today. Let's not overthink it. Let's not get all crazy with making it this crazy daunting thing. Let's just find one way to put it in our lives right now. The, the, the power of the first step, yes. right? From this, this idea of a bigger concept. And look, if your dreams don't scare you, you're not dreaming big enough, right? That we, we, as human beings, we give ourselves small ceilings and tight walls. And the thing I think about leaders is our job to help shatter those ceilings and knock down those walls to see more in others than they see in themselves. Because we never see enough in ourselves. So as we get clear on what we want, as we think about what might we might we might want, is we have these dreams. That, and, and like I said, dream big. And then like, how can you take one step? And, and leadership, like, should I be more assertive? Do I need to clean up my communication skills? Do I need to be more aware of how you know, mm-hmm. I'm viewed by other people. Am I, am I doing a good job of listening? Am I doing a good job of asking questions? Because I want everybody listening to this podcast who's in a leadership role or aspires to be a leader to think about how do you do this for you, but then how do you help do this for your people? Mm-hmm. Something huge that you said, because I would, I would break down two areas, two arenas, right? I think most people would work, career. And, and home, personal, right? Mm. But I wouldn't think of personal as me. And so for me, you just uncovered something. Like I'm always thinking about others and I'm thinking career, work, family, friends. Mm-hmm. No, no. What that personal arena where you're getting right with yourself, where you can be in the present moment, where you can be alone. Because really while we can draw confidence from other people and other people can destroy it, the best confidence to build and to have is to be at peace with yourself and to have confidence within yourself. And so I thought that those three areas, I really like that because I, I, I wouldn't have thought about it in that way. Do you find that, that people are in the same boat there? I, I love that, Danny. You know, I think back to my improv days where I did improv comedy. I was part of a, a group in Hollywood. It was fun. And they would often say as a way of, you know, creating scenes, you have your work home play. So if you're following a fun character, you can bring that character to work, you can bring that character to home, you can bring that character to play. So if we're following that, you could say that us, the personal arena that I'm talking about is in the play, but I, I even say that it's like, let's uncover what these words are. And, and a big thing to me is, you know, these words are sounds and they mean something different to everyone else. Success, leadership, obstacles, failures. It's just a sound. It means something else to different people. So if we're talking about people's personal lives, often I imagine we want to feel good about ourselves. We want to have confidence. We want to feel fulfilled, want to feel like we're meaningful, like we're loved and we love people. And I I just don't think that that can be overlooked because if we want to show up as a loving person in our relationships or in our work, we gotta, we gotta spend some time leading ourselves too. Yeah. Tony Gamble and I sat down and had a conversation and he talked about self-leadership being the most important leadership skill. It all starts with ourself. He gave the example of, that's why in the plane, when the oxygen level drops and the mask comes down, you put it on yourself first and then you help the person next to you. Cause if you don't, you might not be able to dive in the deep end, 
Take, mm-hmm. So take us through. Okay. So we made it real by taking a small step and now we're going to dive yeah. in the deep end. This excites me. Take that. Yeah. So dive in the deep end is a lesson that I learned from American Ninja Warrior. So I started with American Ninja Warrior. It was a amazing, fortunate opportunity. I was hired to host for NBC and incredible. I wanted to be a TV host and, and do stand up, and I was hired to host for American Ninja Warrior, which is one of the coolest shows. It's on NBC. I loved it. And we won best series on the internet, which was incredible. But throughout that journey, part of my job, season one, was to interview top athletes, talk about the, the scene and the competition, and then also try these crazy difficult obstacles and I'd probably just fail for everyone's enjoyment which you know I nailed it at failing <laughs> so failed my face off for a year and I want to also say I came from being a U.S. lacrosse coach of the year I came from being an all-american I played division one lacrosse so I'm an expert in a sport and then I came to a different sport and I'm failing horribly So the athlete part of me was like, all right, this is a little embarrassing, but the host part of me, this was my job and it was going great. My bosses were excited. You know, the producers were excited. The the audience and the athletes loved it. It was fun. So it was like the performer side of me was having fun failing. But then season two, my bosses, the producers at NBC came and they said, Alex, what if for season two, you were good at this? And I was like, okay, that's a bold take. But that really was the moment that changed everything because now my dream job, I couldn't fail at it anymore. I had to start succeeding and I was desperate. I didn't want to lose this job. And I remember in the beginning of the season where I still was failing, but now I was supposed to be succeeding. I would go back to the hotels after we wrapped and I would be so sick to my stomach because I was scared I was going to get fired. I mean, this is... It was a very cool job. And I was scared that they were going to find someone else who would stop failing. And I think that that feeling is very relatable to a lot of people because what scared me was I was going to lose my dream job because I wasn't good enough. And that, if you've ever felt like that, uh, is a rough feeling, whether that's in work or relationships. But I did have a moment, and this is one of the moments that changed everything, where I asked myself, what do you want? And what I pose in the book is the most important question we can ever ask ourselves is, what do you want for your moments on earth? I don't know if there's a more honest question that we can ask ourselves. Yeah. So I asked myself that, and I was scared because that it wouldn't work out. I was like, I really want to do this job well. I love this so much. So for me... I made the decision to claim that goal. Okay, I'm going to succeed at this. I'm going to succeed on the course of American Ninja Warrior. Okay, how? Dive in the deep end. The biggest thing that I could think of to make this real, but really uh, begin that positive momentum was to start training with Ninja Warrior athletes. So to make it real, step two, I reached out to top athletes and I said, hey, could I join a training? So that, I just want to bring it into practical land. That was me bringing idea to reality, was just sending a message to top athletes and saying, hey, could I tag along and train with you? 
And they said, sure. And I was like, dang, part of me hoped you'd say no. Uh, <laughs> all right, cool. So diving in the deep end was showing up to these warehouses, Ninja Warrior gyms, and just failing my face off, being so uncomfortable. And I didn't even know where to stand. I didn't even know how to train, if that makes sense. Like I was trying to learn what, how do you go? Do you warm up? Do you jump on things? I didn't even know how it all worked. But here's the beautiful thing it starts to make sense. Yes, it's overwhelming. Yes, it's uncomfortable. Yes, we might have to deal with a little embarrassment. Okay, fine. But then it's going to start to make sense. It's going to start to make more and more and more and more sense as we keep going and we're going to get better. Now, what's also kind of funny is during this time of diving in the deep end for Ninja Warrior, I also dove in the deep end for another dream of mine, which is stand-up comedy. So I would fail by day training on Ninja Warrior obstacles. And then I'd fail by night at stand-up comedy. And that's really where the fail system came to be is I needed a system to handle all these failings. Because if I kept making a big thing out of every one, there wasn't enough time in the day for me to get through all my fails. I would be in the parking lot wallowing while you know they closed up the gym. So that's where it came from, from diving in the deep end. So- so with the process, I understand now, once you get to there and you lean on the process, but a lot of people face with that kind of doubt and certainty, fear, shame, judgment. Yeah. Like what, what are some things, do you have any tips for people mm-hmm. on, on how they reframe or reshape their mindset to be able to be bold enough to dive in the deep end? Yeah. The first part is being very honest with ourselves of, do we want this goal? Because we're going to need some firepower because goals are hard. If they weren't, they would be in our lives right now. So that is really where you need that visceral. Why do you want this? I've always wanted to pick up an instrument or I want to prove to myself that I can be a leader. We need something that really has some juice to it. So why I say that is first thing is, when you're exploring these goals, identify why you want it, what it might mean to your life. And and I'll bring it home with, for Ninja Warrior, not only was it to get good at this sport, yes, that's a powerful goal, but really, I didn't want to lose this job. Okay, but really, I didn't want to lose this version of me. I was fighting for my identity. I loved being host Alex Weber for American Ninja Warrior. I loved who that brought about in me. And so I didn't want to lose that. So that firepower was a lot stronger than just a job. Now, the other thing that I'll say is, and this has really helped me with Ninja Warrior, is we get to decide. You get to decide how much or how little what other people think matters to you. Now, we're freaking human. Of course, if someone laughs at us or says a snide comment or thinks we're not doing a great job, we're going to have emotional reactions to that. But we can put some borders around it and only allow the good parts to come in. Meaning, okay, you don't think I'm going to do a good job. Why? Can you tell me, can you, can you, and I've had to ask Ninja Warriors who didn't think I was doing a great job. Okay. What can I do better? What can I do better? Can you give me something? So this is really where it comes to just controlling and managing our emotions a little bit. Awesome. 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 So let's, let's, that's perfect transition, right? So we're going to, Manage emotions, <laughs> react to respond. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, I remember when I was coaching high school across, it was just such a funny thing. 
anytime we got a bad call or there was a big hit or there was a, 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 a play that was noteworthy that maybe we'd have, you know, I would have to kind of contest or whatever. Anytime it would happen, there was almost this rhythm, this cadence. The play would happen, and then the crowd and everyone on the sidelines would do an uproar. Ah! And then I would just go like this. I would just wait. And then two seconds later, it settles, and then we can do something about it. But for the play to happen and just scream immediately at a ref or to do something would do nothing. It would be noisy. It wouldn't be a well-thought-out response. So why I say that is so often in life, and let's break down these walls. It might be in your career. It might be with a family member or your significant other or a kid or a friend or just with yourself. Something goes badly and we just say something that isn't our best, right? Or we do something that isn't our best or, or, or we act a certain way. And that's our emotions getting the better of us. So the biggest thing is John Kabat-Zinn, mindfulness expert says, you can't stop the waves, but you can learn how to surf. Really what I think is most impactful about that is knowing that that, awash, that wave of emotions is going to come and then it's going to go. So if you're upset, if you're frustrated, however you feel, feel it, but then let that dang thing go before you act in that way. One of, one of my favorite things to talk to people about in like tense moments where emotion is high is never react, always respond. Because when we react, other people and circumstances dictate and determine who we are as people. When we respond, mm. right, we are always in control of who we are. We can, we can stay in straw to our character, our integrity, our integrity, and be authentic who we are. And so this moment, this breath, this understanding of the waves, the, the roar yeah. of the crowd, somebody screaming and yelling at you, right? Take a breath, take a pause, understand the power of the pause. And it doesn't matter until you're ready to respond and not react. Mm. Don't say a word and don't do a thing. You know, most of us aren't in the middle of barricade hostage situations. Things don't have to happen immediately. And sometimes when you're in the thick of it, by pausing and even an uncomfortable pause, maybe in an argument or a conversation or a tense moment, gives everybody the chance to get level again and then to truly be able to respond and, and really shape what you want the next thing to be, right? Danny, man, I love that so much. And I love what you said about control because, I mean, there's just so much out of our control, right? But what I love about what you said is our response is always in our control and we get to choose who we are in that. And you, you brought up integrity and it's really like you're saying, deciding who we want to be. And I love, I love that note of taking a pause because, you know, I, I think we live in a time more now, now more than ever where people, I would say, appreciate that. If you're in an argument with somebody, if it's a loved one or, or maybe it's at work and it's disagreement, you're like, I need a moment to kind of wrap my head around this. I just need a moment to process this before we keep going. I'd be okay with that. If someone said that yeah. to me, I'd be okay with that. I mean, if they pieced out and went on a solo travel through Europe for a week and I didn't hear from them, I'd be like, all right, you know, can we resume? But if they just took a minute or a couple minutes and, and, and re, I, to me, it would say, oh, they actually care about this interaction and they want to represent themselves and make sure that this is the best possible. So to me, I would, I would take that as a positive. Yeah, absolutely. And it is, it really is. When you deal with um, 
very difficult situations that are, that are highly elevated. And a lot of times we just create all this pressure in our mind that doesn't even actually exist. And once we take that moment, it goes away, regardless of what it is. I mean, it could be with somebody, it could be without somebody, you know, us taking that emotion, you know, from, you know, the brainstem and, and speaking out loud and verbalizing what that emotion is allows us right away to reset. So we've got, you know, five, six, seven minutes left here. I want to be able to step through Mm -hmm. the golden nugget and then recommitting yeah. fully. Absolutely. So step five, uh, and now we're in this chain reaction within the fail process, because anytime we hit a setback, our emotions are going to flare up first. That is just what's going to happen. Step two is finding what we could, or excuse me, step five is actionable nugget, is finding what we could do better. And because people don't let their emotions get the better of them, it robs them of finding that nugget of what could go better because they're, they're blinded by their emotions. And so sometimes say you failed at something and I felt this in American Ninja Warrior, I'll fail at something, even if it's a positive emotion where I'm like, let me get right back at it. I'll fail again. I'm like, right. uh, I did the exact same thing. And then I'm reminded, keep that fire, but why didn't it go well? Oh, okay. I didn't fully commit. I didn't breathe. I didn't really think about what I should do for my next step. That's another reason why I love American Ninja Warrior is it maps so well onto life. It really does. So step five is finding that action and nugget. And step six is fully recommitting. And why I say fully is because say you went to do something, you took the lead on a project and it didn't go great. You tried to ignite that romance in your relationship and it didn't really catch like you thought, or you, you want to foster that habit in your personal life and it isn't really in you yet. Well, most people will either stop or they'll keep going, but it's this half-hearted, low commitment, keep going because we don't really believe that it can be possible because it just didn't go great. So this is where we need to lean on our, our four and five. Meaning if you just did something and it didn't go great and you have an emotional reaction, that's energy. Emotions are energy. What we use those fuel for is up to you, but now you want to bring that back in. So there's your firepower. And then part five, you know, something of what will go better. Okay. You tried to ignite that romance, but you didn't really plan out date night very well. Okay. Try it again and plan it. Well, you took the lead on that project, but you weren't really assertive and well-communicated expectations. Do it again and do those things better. And if we recommit using those, the firepower and the actionable takeaway, our chart, if we were to map it, we're going to keep going up and over. We're going to just keep going up and over. And that's how we get to where we want to go. Good stuff. Good stuff. So we're talking to Alex Weber. We're talking about the the, the six-step system that he's rolling out in his new book, Fail Proof, Become the Unstoppable You. Who doesn't want to do that? That's coming to us <laughs> October 26th. It's going to be yeah. it's going to be linked again in the podcast description. Go. Uh, this podcast will release before then. And so go and you know and pre-order your copy. Pre-order. Yeah. Thank you. So, so I want to talk about confidence for a couple of seconds. I want to talk yeah. about hacking confidence because I I think so much of our of our problems. I talk a lot about winning the battle between our ears. And a lot of it has to do with a lack of confidence. There's so much self-doubt. You, yeah. The research is like we have 70,000 thoughts yeah. a day and like 45 or 50,000 of them are mm-hmm. negative, right? And it, when you see somebody who's confident, man, what they can accomplish is endless. But when you see somebody who isn't confident, 
depending on how yeah. low their confidence is, sometimes it can be hard to take a breath. And, and wow. so when you talk about hacking confidence, you've got a few strategies with that. Could you share those? Yeah, absolutely. And I know we, we bonded on this and, you know, confidence, it feels like it's almost the secret sauce uh, and, and it's elusive. I'll, I'll say that a lot because I've had this for some days, I'll feel real confident in the morning and then I don't know what happened, but the afternoon I, I don't. And so it feels like, you know, how do we get access to it? Uh, and the biggest thing for me is the belief bank. So what I call the belief bank is times when you felt nervous, you felt doubtful, that voice inside of us was saying that we couldn't do it, but we still did. And we still did our best regardless of the result. And why that's so important is because we can look to that tangible evidence because we have all these voices going on in our heads and some are optimistic and positive, some are doubtful and negative. And if that voice of fear, which is an opinion, it's an opinion. It's just saying, I don't think you can do this. What if it doesn't work out? That's not fact-based. But then we can look at these times factually where we heard that voice saying all these doubts, but we still showed up. We still believed in ourselves and gave it everything we had, regardless of the setting in life. And if we did it then, then we can do it now too. That has, has really helped me uh, in battling that voice of, of negativity and doubt. Yeah. I love, I love the belief bank. A couple of things. Uh, Brendan Rogers, the, he was the coach of Liverpool football club at the time cool. said fear is a first class ticket to failure. <laughs> Combine that with another one of my favorite lines is fear is a liar. Fear yeah. only exists in the space between our ears. Right. And when we understand that we look and combine that with the belief bank, which is what I like so much about it, mm. that here here are things that I've done in my life that show and prove that I can do this. And if you can do something once, you can replicate it. That's just, that's just the truth. I love that. Yep. A couple other things, you look at confidence and energy. One thing I was turned on to, um, I'm very good friends with the CEO of, of Moxie Solar, America Solar Company, mm. Jason Hall, and they're doing incredible, incredible things. Um, but he talked to me about power posing. I'd never heard of power oh. posing because in sales, like there's a lot of ups and downs. You know what I mean? If you're selling yeah. three out of 10 deals, you're doing a great job in baseball. If you're getting a hit three out of 10 times, yeah. you're, you're doing a great job. And so, you know, if people Google power posing, I think it's a <laughs> Ted talk on YouTube will, will pop up. And just by getting in certain positions, not slumping over, getting our hands uncrossed, standing with our hands at our side, like Superman does, like it releases testosterone in your body that actually generates and leads to confidence. And the other thing from a good friend of mine, Holly Avolio, uh, we're great friends on LinkedIn. If you're not following her there, mm. she does a ton of stuff on mindset, but it's the power of affirmations. Mm. It's instead of telling yourself, you can't tell yourself, yep. you can, whatever that, that moment is. So I just wanted to add, those, those. add those two things. So as leaders, like why is all this stuff? And, and so confidence, you talk a lot about positivity and we're talking about something a little bit different today, but Positivity is positivity is absolutely part of becoming the unstoppable you. Yeah. How does some of this, in in your mind, as we walk out of here, transition to leadership? One hundred percent. I mean, my view on positivity is not that everything is great always. I actually repel that idea because I don't think it's honest. What I do think, though, is at the end of the day, whatever it is, we can make it better. And so, if you do get knocked on the butt, whether you have a deal go wrong or an argument or someone you love gets sick, which has happened in my life at the end of the day. Okay. What do we want? Where do we want to go from here? 
And that's what I believe positivity is, is stepping in, knowing that things are not promised, but still giving the best of ourselves to what we want to have happen. And I think that is what leaders need to do, because if we don't believe that it's possible, why the heck would anyone else ever believe it either? And I do really think that in terms of, listen, I mean, if you look at any phenomenal coaches or, or really families, or really friends, who do you want to be around? That's what I, I just zoom out to. Do you want to be, we're all going to have ups and downs, 100%, we're human beings. But do you want to be around people whose consistent state is negative, doubtful, pessimistic? Or do you want to be around people whose consistent state is optimistic, positive, encouraging, uplifting, cultivating? That's all the good stuff in life. Yeah. And the more that we are doing that as leaders, the more that the people around us will do it. And here's the last piece I'll say is you don't got to be perfect and you don't got to be the whole package. I was certainly not in every leadership position that I've been in, but in allowing other people to be a part of it, they'll activate and bring out those great qualities in you. So you don't need to be perfect. You don't need to be a full package. Just start. Yeah. Humanistic leadership. When, when, and that, that's pure gold. You don't, you don't have to be perfect. Be human. When we're mm. human, when we say we don't have all the answers, when we show emotion, when we're able to get down and we got to have boundaries with that and leadership, that tells other people it's okay not to be perfect. It's okay to fail, right? And when we intentionally do that, people can open the door on that cage and, and come out of that cage, knock yeah. their ceilings down, shatter that. It, huge, huge, huge takeaways here. And, and you cannot underestimate the impact of what your energy is. And, and I, ask, mm -hmm. I ask leaders when I go and present, are you a thermostat or a thermometer? When you walk in the room, are you taking the temperature of the room and is that your emotion? Or are you setting the temperature at those higher levels wow. that you just spoke of? Alex, do you have a call to action for our leaders as we walk out? That's so cool. I love that. There is that temperature. My call to action would be, you know, I think what really helped me the most in every leadership I've been in is to actually be on the same team. And I say that because I've seen it in romantic relationships. I've seen it in friendships. I've seen it in work where, yeah, on paper, we're on the same team. Really, our dynamic is not that. We're undercutting each other. We're arguing. There's a little bit of resentment that builds up. So I would say squash that, connect with people, build a real rapport of sincere care for each other. And when you got that and you're on the same team, we'll run through walls. We'll climb up mountains. We'll do anything because we're in it together. So that'd be my call to action. We, we could do a whole podcast episode on that. What an incredible call to action. We all actually have to be on the same team. Alex Weber, where can people find you at? Where can they connect yeah. with you? Danny, thanks so much. So my name is Alex Weber with one B. I'm I'm Alex Weber on all social media. That's my website too. And emails Alex at I'mAlexWeber.com. And uh, yeah, Failproof is available for order now on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. And if you do shoot me a message, I'd love to hear and send you a free gift as well. So uh, Danny, I just appreciate it very much. Alex, thank you so much for coming on today. This has been an absolute joy talking to Alex Weber uh, about his strategies and concepts. And he's put it in a book. It's getting ready to come out October 26, 2021, Fail Proof, Become the Unstoppable You, a six-step system. We went through claiming your goals that actually matter. Where's your passion? Where's your purpose, right? Claiming these things. Make it real. Take a small step. Make it real. Dive in the deep end. You know what? Here's the thing. Does it, if you can swim, does it really matter if the water's six feet deep or 100 feet deep? Actually, it doesn't matter, right? Dive in, manage your emotions, 
never react, always respond, find the golden nugget and, and recommit fully to our listeners. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to smash that subscribe button. So you never miss another episode. Consider giving us a rating or review. It helps us reach more people organically. And remember always be committed to excellence. <laughs>